0: The Test Ban Treaty and established the Arms Control and Disarmament Agency. In the Congo, he played the role of peacemaker. Anticipating unrest in Latin America, he founded the Alianza, the Alliance for Progress. His great failure, of course, was Vietnam, but he repeatedly refused to send combat units, and particularly draftees, to Southeast Asia. In Kennedy's last two presidential years, fewer than 60 U.S. volunteer advisers were killed in Vietnam. After his assassination, 57,939 Americans died there, most of them conscripts. As Hegel observed, quantitative differences may be so great that they become qualitative. Ironically, JFK was regarded as anti-business. Actually, big business— represented by U.S. Steel's Roger Blau, attacked him. Kennedy had midwifed a contract with steel workers, who withdrew demands for higher wages as a dike against inflation. Then the executives of Big Steel, sandbagging the President, boosted their prices by six dollars a ton. The workers felt betrayed. So did the President. He threatened antitrust investigations, the cancellation of tax relief for the industry, and the loss of Pentagon contracts. Three days later, the manufacturers surrendered unconditionally. Subsequently, speaking at Yale, the president tried to dispel myths about hostility between industry and government, but the old blues simply glowered. They believed that he was robbing the rich. In reality, Kennedy was enriching the rich and doing it the only way that counts, by enriching the country. He had studied economics with Walter Heller And his annual presidential budgets were less than $100 billion. His was the first administration to hold inflation to 3.5% while business boomed. During each of his 34 months in the White House, all economic indexes increased steadily, and the stock market soared. U.S. trade expanded abroad. 94% of the labor force was employed. Mortgages were between 5 and 5.25%. A postage stamp cost a nickel. Factory wages were at a new high. Some 90,000 Americans were then millionaires, and each year the figure was growing by 5,000. Under Kennedy, U.S. investments abroad had leapt from $12 billion to $80 billion. But perhaps his most appealing legacy lies in his compassion. He belonged to one of the wealthiest families in the United States, and he had not seen the misery of rock-bottom American poverty until the West Virginia Democratic primary in the spring of 1960. Deeply moved, he made his first official act as president, the issuance of an executive order doubling the food rations for four million needy Americans. Later, he launched Medicare and strengthened Social Security. His ultimate social issue became civil rights, after Martin Luther King had spoken at the Lincoln Memorial, telling his vast, rapt audience, I have a dream that one day on the Red Hills of Georgia, sons of former slaves and the sons of former slave owners will be able to sit down together at the table of brotherhood. Kennedy welcomed him to the White House, gripped his hand, and said, I have a dream, the same dream. He mounted a militant campaign to enforce desegregation laws, and when the governor of Alabama defied him, Kennedy called out troops. On June 19, 1963, JFK sent a comprehensive and far-reaching civil rights bill to Congress, thereby becoming the first president since Lincoln to put the full force of his office behind racial equality. Gallup reported that, as a result, his popularity plummeted to 59 percent. Kennedy ignored the backlash. He asked the country if when Americans claimed that theirs was the land of the free, they meant that we have no second-class citizens except Negroes, that we have no class or caste system, no ghettos, no master race except with respect to Negroes? The question, he said, was a moral issue. Meeting with black leaders in the Oval Office, he said, This could cost me the election, but we're not turning back. Prodded by Lyndon Johnson, Congress passed the legislation during the national mourning which followed his death but while Kennedy lived, it was a political millstone around his neck. His last presidential days were strikingly different from the present time, illuminated by different celebrities. Conrad Adenauer, David Ben-Gurion, and Harold Macmillan had just retired from office. Madame Nodin, Dinh Ngu, the sharp-tongued sister-in-law of South Vietnam's despotic president, excoriated the Kennedy...